Welcome to Conspiracy One. Everybody else is eating snacks, so here I am to do the intro. They're good snacks, though. <laughs> Hi, I'm Allie. That's Cameron with a mouthful of orange gummy bears, and that's Robert. I stopped eating because I'm a professional. I'm Cameron. <laughs> Also, also, he's Cameron. Welcome to Spooktober Part 2. Woo! Woo! More like, woo! <laughs> Today we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things, but it's kind of the same thing. We're talking about cursed movie sets. Dun, dun, dun! There's actually, like, a lot. There's a lot. There are a few that are more cursed than others, as we'll get into. And a few that are less cursed than others. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> so we'll start off. Um, this one intrigued me the most. Uh, most of the others on this list are uh, horror movies. This one stands out. Um, it's so cursed that it never got made. I was just going to say, is it actually a movie or it just like... It, it was a project that just never really got off the ground. Don't tell me. Avatar 2. <laughs> No, we're getting them, and we're going to be getting Avatar movies just for the rest of our lives. My God. Anyway, this movie is not a movie, as Ali pointed out. It never got made. They kept trying to make it over the course of, like, 30 years. Uh, it's a comedy called The Incomparable Atuk. It was based on a book by a Canadian called that name, but also called Stick Your Neck Out in America, uh, written by Mordecai Riechler in 1963. It was a satirical look at Canada's elite, top, rich people. Eat the rich. Eat the rich. They're very tasty. This story follows an indigenous poet who moves to Toronto where he becomes famous for his poetry. Over time, he starts to emulate the bigotry and greed of the Canadian elite who ironically strive for cultural independence while feverishly pursuing the American dream. Sounds hilarious. So here's the thing that made this movie cursed. Pretty much everyone who was attached to it died after becoming attached to it. Main actor-wise. Main like, actor-wise. Not like they hired 50 crew members and they just And they just everybody <laughs> yeah. died. I think, I think this would be a little more famous in that case. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so I believe all of the following are um, main uh, main character actors, people who are going to play Atuk. Uh, first off is John Belushi. Um, he was the first one approached. He was super excited about the film. Apparently he really liked the book. Uh, he was later found dead from an overdose before production began. Uh, people know about his death. That was sad. And next was Sam Kinison in 1988. So a full six years later, they're, they're trying to get this off the ground. This time the movie was actually in production for eight days before he halted it because he didn't like the script. And then it just kind of fell apart from there. Four years later, in 1992, they finally got it off the ground again, but then Kinison died in a car crash. So here's where the story gets a little weird for Kinison, because multiple people were with him during the crash, and, well, I'm sorry, after the crash, whatever, and didn't see, like, external injuries and he kept apparently talking to somebody that nobody else could see and he was saying stuff like i don't want to die but why okay okay that's not scary no what the fuck yeah and uh so the, how did he die then he died of uh like internal hemorrhaging he died shortly after the crash and it was just like because they didn't see the injuries just doesn't mean that they were there and the fact that he was talking to somebody and talking about how he didn't want to die probably he you know, knew he was dying and had some brain damage and then died. And it's or a he sad was seeing thing. The Grim Reaper. Yeah, or or he was just having a chat with the Grim Reaper. Also that. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is sort of a thread that it's gonna pick up through a lot of these where it's just kind of like, oh, something really awful happened to this person and everyone is like, ah, it's the curse of this movie. Dun, dun. So, alright, that was 1992. 1994, John Candy. Um, also really into the script. Um he was, I think, also uh, had read the book and enjoyed it. I had never heard of the book before no. this thing. I've never heard of the book, yeah. So he, uh, he ended up dying of a heart attack. That was 94. And so he had also asked his friend, Michael O'Donohue, to uh, look at the script and possibly become part of the cast. He wanted him for one of the supporting roles. And then he died a few months later. Good God. What, yeah. what are we at so far? What is this? That is uh, four one, people. Two, three, four. Yeah. So doesn't stop four there. people for a movie that can't even get off the ground. <laughs> 
Well, it's it's not there. So that's 94. That's four people in 94. 1997, Chris Farley. He's a big fan of John Belushi, and he signed on because he heard that Belushi really wanted to do it before his death. Famously, he died uh, overdosing of a speedball. Both of them. Both of them did that. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. And people say that's another thing people point to like, ah, oh, that's, that's a... Coinkadink. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, they were, they were SNL cast members. There's a notorious drug problem there, especially in the 80s. Weren't they similar ages or something though? I know there was something about that. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's like they were in the 33 Club or whatever. Yeah, because I remember there was like some weird thing about like like their deaths go further into the weirdness than just the movie. So uh, in the same way that uh, O'Donoghue uh, was brought into this, Phil Hartman was brought on board by Chris Farley. Um, He really, again, wanted him to play a, a supporting role, do something with his friend. And then Phil Hartman was also murdered. I guess not also. Nobody else got murdered. <laughs> Phil Hartman just got murdered. Well, we don't know who was that guy talking to? Yeah, we don't know if anyone got murdered. I did want to just finish that out real quick. Uh, Farley did die at 33 years old, just like his idol. Yep. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, and um, of an overdose of the same drug. It's yeah. a... What, I feel like like the Hartman thing just kind of sounds like someone's like, we can't just keep overdosing people. Like, we just... Just do it. <laughs> just we cannot have this movie out. getting made. What if people start laughing at the Canadian elite? We cannot have that happen. So the Canadian elite are the ones that murdered all these people? Is that what you're saying? I, I guess so. <laughs> uh, I just invented a whole new conspiracy. Yeah. It's Robert. the only people I could imagine who would like stand to benefit from not having the movie. You'd never suspect them. Yeah. Robert hates the Canadian elite. Let that be known. <laughs> <laughs> no, Canadian elite. I love you. <laughs> This is weird, though. I'm just going to start whispering sweet nothings into the microphone to the Canadian elite. This is a weird thing, though, because the movie's never actually gotten off the ground. Is it still, like, are people still trying to get it off the ground, or, like, has it been given up on I have not heard. When I was looking into the timeline of this, it has not been touched since 97. Hmm. Um, and that was uh, Farley and Hartman. However, there is one slight, uh, something that goes against the rest of this curse is that Will Ferrell, Jack Black, and John Goodman were all attached at one point or another. And famously, those people are not dead. As far as you know, I, maybe they were replaced. By the Canadian elite. <laughs> is this the point in their careers where their careers died, though? <gasps> Ooh. Oh, so there was a point for that yeah, but then I think all of... Well, maybe not Will Ferrell, but I think all of them came back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not who? Jack Black does YouTube videos now, and John Goodman is good. John uh, Goodman he is has good. a good career. Jack he, Black, he's got, you know, he's got his band. He's got his projects. He was in The Holiday. Anyway, that's all I've got for The Incomparable I Took. Um, this one, like I said, stands out because it's not a horror film, and most of the rest of them are. This was just such a a bizarre rabbit hole of people signing on to do this movie and then almost immediately dying. Six. Six people. Six. Did you look up, like, how long it was since they had signed on to the movie until they died? Uh, not in all cases, but in there were a few of them that it was specifically like he died months later, like less than a year. Everyone died within exactly 66 <laughs> days of each other. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that applies more later, but let's move on to the next one, Cameron. Tell us about one of the most cursed movies. All right. The next movie is The Exorcist, that famous movie about exercising demons. Um... <laughs> So, for those who don't know, this film was actually uh, based on a book, which is based on a true-ish story about a boy named Roland Doe, who was a boy from Maryland, and he was about 14 years old when this occurred. It was an exorcism that was performed by two Jesuit priests over the course of months. This boy was possessed, or as the Catholic Church, or not Catholic Church, as the uh, some of the other priests that were involved said, might have just believed he was possessed. Oh. Two versions of okay. the story. That's a pretty light way to admit that you did that completely wrong. But yes. if he wasn't possessed, well, they said, they actually said uh, that one of the things that they, that they weren't necessarily doing an exorcism to get rid of a demon, but also possibly the idea that the boy had a demon in him, like from his own head. What? I was oh. like, then take him to a therapist. No, there is. I think there was a thing. I assumed we had talked about it, but there's a thing where like a, a priest who does exorcisms came out and was like, yes, we do this, but it's not 
to get rid of demons. We don't think that's what's going on. It's like a, uh, a placebo effect. The person thinks they've been cleansed, and therefore they feel better. There are cases where they believe that, but they do believe in still demonic possession in other cases as well. Mm. Which is, yeah. But if that's truly what you believe, then you get him a therapist. Anyway, months-long uh, extravaganza, if you want to call it that. We still don't know who the boy was to this day. Uh, Freakin, who directed The Exorcist, he did say in 2012 uh, that the boy actually grew up to live a pretty normal life, doesn't remember any of The Exorcist process, and he worked at NASA before retiring. So so we'll never really know who he is, probably, but it's based off of him. However, the movie takes place uh, based around Reagan, a girl. And it's based around a girl because when the original writer was writing this, he tried to get away from the original person as much as possible. So it has a girl as the main character instead, famously played by Linda Blair. Anyway, kind of going into this and kind of giving backstory on this because I feel like it's actually very important. So one of the priests had a journal of the events and it actually has witness accounts of the demonic happenings and the supernatural happenings. Uh, he claimed in, that there were definitely there was definitely some kind of demonic possession going on with the boy. He was actually an apprentice of the real exorcist that was working on this case in real life, uh, but he's the one who took down all of the notes and nobody actually knew that he had this journal. So. This was found out, and it was actually given to Friedkin, eventually, uh, while he was making The Exorcist. So that's, in my opinion, where the haunting starts. Because you don't just give over a witness account of demonic possession in a supernatural world, if that's what you believe in. I don't know why you do that. Also, Friedkin was doing this out of his office in New York, which was uh, 666 5th Avenue. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So... Maybe it was intended to be haunted. Maybe this that's just what was going to happen this whole time. Anyway, let's go into it. So the majority of the cast have said that at some point, and crew, uh, at some point in their working on the production, they experienced paranormal weirdness or they had weird shit happen to them. Uh, those are at least for the ones that are alive. There are a total of about nine people that were on the crew or cast that died, and then there are others associated with them who also died. Specifically, starting with Max von Sydow's uh, brother, who, for anyone who doesn't know Max von Sydow, he's wonderful. Everyone loves him. You have to love him. Yes, that tells me it's so much about him. <laughs> anyway, uh, he was one of the actors in the film. Uh, his brother died the day shooting started. Then, I forgot to listen, but then later... Uh, I believe it was his son also got hit by a motorcycle shortly after and almost died. He actually made it through, but he had almost fatal injuries. So that was not good. And then before the film released, so going through the production, uh, about nine people associated with it died. So including two actors who actually die in the movie and they died during post. So that's a little weird. Uh, it was Jack McGowan and Vasiliki Malieros. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They played Burke Dennings and Miss Karras, respectively. Uh, they they both died in the middle of post production, and they are both characters who die violent deaths in the film. Were these the two people who died of cancer? Uh, I think one of them died from the flu. Ah, wow. So, and that one died, I think, just like a month or so before the film released, but they're still technically doing editing on it. So, yeah. Uh, so those are just the deaths, you know, that's just some of it. Let's jump back to the beginning, and the set actually didn't start until six weeks after it was supposed to, which for anyone who's ever worked on a film knows that that is a long time. Mm -hmm. It's a very long time to have your film pushed back. But the first version of the McNeil's house, the set, burned down, except for Reagan's room which is the possessed girl. Her room of the set is the cool. only room that didn't burn down. Again, this delayed the and production. And that's when you don't yeah. rebuild it and you're just like, all right, we're not supposed to film this. Everybody out. Right. Uh, so Friedkin has actually spoken about this. He is kind of, he is on the more skeptic side about whether or not this was haunted. He says that this is more just like coincidence stuff. All of this, all of this, all of this is coincidence. It's a lot. It's, it may be. That's, God, that's some terrible coincidence. Um, but anyway, he spoke about this incident and I just want to put it in this quote because I love it. He said, one day at four in the morning, I got a call from a production manager and he said, don't bother coming to work this morning. The set is burning to the ground right now as we speak. So. <laughs> There's a man the guy standing outside the studio just like watching the flames like, ah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, he he does have a version to explain what happened. Uh, he uses the insurance company's version of what happened. <laughs> <to it. laughs> yeah, uh, so he 
says it probably wasn't a haunting uh, that, that we know of, I guess. But we actually, just to be fair, just to clarify this, no one knows what started the fire. There is no proof of what started the fire. This is an assumption made by the insurance company when they paid out the money. Um, <laughs> quoted, Friedkin says, it was an old building. There were pigeons flying around up there. And the theory that they paid off on was that one of the pigeons flew into a light box. Oh. And sparked it and okay. started a fire. I misread that because mm. I was like, this is bananas. I thought he was saying that the insurance company paid a pigeon <laughs> to, to, to fly into the light box. Hey, man, here's some extra snacks. Now go. Oh, <laughs> Do, yeah, no, you'll be able to enjoy them after. Go. Welcome to Conspiracy Like What. We are here to completely just misconstrue events. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so supposedly a pigeon flew into a light box. That's what the insurance company paid off on. So that's such a weird okay. thing to be like, well, there's a lot of pigeons. It's an old building. Pigeon fucked pigeon up, I guess. And one of the pigeons was trying to get his electrician's license. So so that was one of the things it. that happened. But then <laughs> then they finally got to start filming, right? So uh, Ellen Bearson had a lot of problems on the set herself. Uh, she was at one point doing her own stunts, which is why they don't let actors do that often. Uh, but the harness was just supposed to pull her back a little bit. It ended up kind of slinging her back and just pulling her into the ground. Uh, the scream that she does is in the film. So when you hear her get pulled off the bed onto the ground, it is in the film. That's her scream. And what you're hearing is a woman with permanent spinal damage screaming. So Lovely. I mean, if you have the scream, like if you have the scream, you might as well use it. That's, I know that sounds terrible, but it's kind of true. Also, I found out this one was really, really weird. Uh, so this set was mostly indoors, uh, but one day all of the cast came in and there was snow all over everything. This was indoors on a soundstage. There is no chance of snow getting in the building. The official explanation was they think, similar to the pigeon incident, they think, they don't know, they think it was a mixture of humidity and the constantly running air conditioners on the set. Well, those air no. conditioners are like way you too can't, extra Oh my God, you can't get an air conditioner to go below 32 degrees. You can if you're a ghost. <laughs> well, my logic is refuted. This just in. Robert now believes in ghosts. <laughs> was it like real snow? They, they said it was like real snow. Yeah. I'm so assuming it was like frost. It probably was. Like purple like frost. frost. Yeah. yeah. But like still, I mean like, uh, like a heavy amount of frost that you can actually see on the set. That would be a weird sight when you're coming in. <laughs> With a full ceiling overhead. Yeah. Exactly. That would be a bit strange. Yeah. So that's a little bit weird. Um, also, during the time of production, this one's kind of fun. Uh, so this is when they were still filming. Uh, the pre A priest came up off the street, just the middle of the street, just a public street. He came up to Jason Miller, who played Father Karras, uh, and gave him a medallion and said, quoted uh, from Jason Miller, Reveal the devil for the trickster that he is. He will seek retribution against you, or he will even try to stop what you are trying to do to unmask him. He said this to a man playing a priest on a set that's already had a whole host of issues, including burning down and shit like that. Cool. So, yeah, just kind of another weird, like, omen thing. Like, it's just, it's strange that a priest comes up to him and just does that in the middle of a road, like, with no prompting. Um, was this an actual priest or just one of those guys who goes up to people on the street? I think it was a street priest. That's what uh, I'm going to guess. But they said priest, street priest, priest. Street priest. They're both yelling about things that I'm not listening to. Is this New York? Yeah, I was going to say, this does seem... Like, I feel like if this was New York, I would have met this guy. I think there's... Was this filmed? I don't remember if this was filmed in New York or California. One of the two. Probably anyway, California if it's on sets. There was more. So, uh, then... They did the premiere in Rome, and they did this premiere between two churches. This is one of the areas where they showed the film. And while showing the film, this huge lightning storm started to like just build up and build up and build up. And it became like this ominous look for everyone, and especially because everyone's going to see this horror movie that was so scary that they had to be forced to pull trailers out of movie theaters for it because people were too afraid of the trailers. So you're going to see this movie that everyone's been talking up, and now there's a lightning storm above you. In the middle of the screening, the lightning strikes a 400-year-old cross on top of one of the churches, drops it into the middle of the plaza. Okay, I'm a skeptic, <laughs> but that sounds messed That's up. Much. Yeah. yeah, I would be like, and we're done. I will delete we'll, the movie. Set VHS it on fire. will be invented someday. We'll see it at home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. So that that is one of the weirdest instances for this entire thing. But 
that's not where this ends. There's more. So during the later screenings, uh, there's one, there's there's multiple incidents, but there's one in particular where a man passes out while watching the film and apparently falls forward, I guess, or something like that, breaks his jaw. And it was to a degree where Warner Brothers paid him an undisclosed, undisclosed settlement. <laughs> so something happened, I guess. Uh, but yeah, not the movie theater that he passes out in, which is still the weirdest thing to me. It's... Warner Brothers themselves People own the movie. Yeah, like we're sorry we broke your jaw with this movie. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but the Too movie, much. so the movie screenings were apparently so bad that like people would consistently pass out. Um, they some theaters included vomit bags in your viewing, so that way if you needed to vomit, you could because people were. And some theaters went as far as to have paramedics on scene at all times. Wow. I yeah. feel like that just like more sets the stage for people to freak out anyway. Because if you walk in and it's like sign this waiver, here's your vomit bag and there's a paramedic back there for you and you're like, you're like oh my god oh my god i don't even want to do this anymore also i feel like the vomit was like one of those sympathetic things because there's the famous scene where she like vomits pea soup everywhere and spins <laughs> her head head around yeah and like yeah that i often feel queasy when i see somebody vomit on tv yeah on top of that though uh so that, that's like the majority of it it, it is also said that uh, linda blair just developed like extreme anxiety while filming as well uh and this is from someone who you might think like she's 13 so of course she did but actually this is from someone who had actually read the book that this was based on before she was hired for the role which is the reason why she was actually brought on for the role according to freaking the director so just as like a quick side thing just for fun they had gone through multiple people in his 666 office and they couldn't find anyone because the material was too heavy to hire a 12 year old for and this isn't usually in movies for those who don't know a lot of times they'll they'll do like these types of horror movies but they won't tell the kids what's going on Mm -hmm. they'll tell them something else and they'll get them to react to that uh and then the kids don't see the movies until years later that happens all the time um so that was not the case for this one though she had to be actively involved uh but they asked her have you read the book and she said yes and then they asked her like a slew of questions about it like including some of the like worst scenes in the film and in the book and she knew all of it so that's why she got hired Mm -hmm. and she developed extreme anxiety while working on this so surprise is what most people say linda blair might say different if she does please send us a message i love linda blair I thought she died. Did she die? Please send us a message still. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> she is still alive. She is 62 years old. Oh, then maybe it's another movie. I thought there was a... We'll, we'll probably get to it. There was a movie in which the main actress, when she was a little girl... Oh, yeah, yeah. That is that's a different movie. Okay, yeah. all right, we'll get to that. That is The Exorcist. If you know anything else about that, let us know. But that's that's a weird one. I mean, like we talked about, it's kind of... There's a lot... Like, Freakin' says coincidences ah, there's so many things going on for that one i don't know the cross in the middle of a square with a lightning storm is like that would just do it for me i'd just be like all right burn the film i don't care well, yep. and that's after the the set burned down but then iced over too yep the set does two different things entirely speaking of omens yeah anyway. let's talk about the omen <laughs> who or not who uh the omen is i guess people say it's one of the most haunted or if if not the most cursed or haunted film um shout out to my mom doing this one because uh this was the movie that made her never want to watch horror movies ever again <laughs> and she still has never seen one in like 30 something years probably at this point <laughs> that's commitment yeah so the omen uh it was shot mostly in london in 1975 ish um and it all kind of started like when this was pitched. So the advertising producer that actually pitched this film to the director uh, supposedly said at the time that he warned us that he thought the devil didn't want us to make this picture. So he's like, I have a really great idea for a film about the Antichrist, but also like, be careful because the devil might try and fucking murder all of you. Thanks, guy. Um, here's a quote from that producer. Um, I said, if you make this movie, you're going to have some problems. If the devil's greatest single weapon is to be invisible and you're going to do something which is going to take away his invisibility to millions of people, he's not going to want that to happen. Uh, The devil was at work and he didn't want that film made. This comes from the same people that had the whole devil worry in like the 60s. Don't talk about the devil, they say with the satanic panic branding. (laughs) Yes. Don't, don't talk about it. Everyone stop talking about it. Come down to my lecture about not talking about it. That's like in Harry Potter if they just put up banners that's like, don't say Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just forgot. Is Gregory Peck the, the main guy? Is he the main actor? I haven't actually seen this one. In The Omen? I don't yeah. know if Gregory Peck is the main actor. Well, he's one of the main actors. Um, 
And just before filming began, his son actually killed himself right before filming. Um, so there's another omen. And then, so I've separated this into three little categories. So there seem to be three categories of fuckery that happened on this. So we'll start with plain fuckery. Um, one of the producers and Gregory Peck, they were both flying on separate planes on separate occasions and both were struck by lightning. Yep. The planes were. Yes, the planes were struck by lightning. Uh, <laughs> yep. Fortunately, nobody was actually, like, hurt with this instance, but that's still kind of weird. And then there was a private plane that was rented by Peck, and he and, like, a bunch of crew were supposed to do, like, some kind of shooting on there or take them somewhere or something, and then they all canceled last minute. And then they were all really happy that that happened because then the crane, the plane crashed horribly, and it even killed... The pilot's wife and child who were driving a car below the plane. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. yeah, what kind of fucking coincidence is that? So he's like flying the plane just sort of like right above the car, like, hey, I'm I'm with you. It's it's like when you when you both drive cars because you don't want to have to go back for it. <laughs> yeah. But then he just crashes right down on Oh my god. Yeah. And everybody on board died. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. So that's plane fuckery. Lightning and death. All right. And then you think that's a lot. Bombs. <laughs> Bombs. Okay. So Mace Neuf Neufeld, uh, Peck, and some other people on the set planned to eat at a restaurant. Um, and then just before the group was supposed to appear at this restaurant, the building was destroyed in a violent explosion. Fortunately, obviously, none of them were there. But, like, unfortunately, I don't know exactly how many were killed. But that was a fucking bomb. All right. You think that's a lot. Another bomb. Newfield and his wife checked out early from their hotel, and then that was immediately leveled by another explosion. Um, allegedly, the bombs were all blamed on the IRA, or the Irish Republican Army, um, but everything said they were blamed on them, but it wasn't really like that was confirmed. Mm -hmm. So it sounds to me like they still don't know who actually blew up any of these buildings, and I guess it was something that was happening at the time. Wasn't that just the time where they just kind of blamed them for everything? That's what yeah. I'm saying, it's like, it's hard to say if that was actually a confirmed thing or if they were just like, ah, oh, the fucking Irish. <laughs> At it again. But it is kind of weird that so many of these people were actually involved with all the places that were uh, blowing up. Moving on, animal fuckery. Oh, all right, if we're happy with that <laughs> phrasing. Um, so an animal trainer got his head chomped by a tiger. I saw this one. Oh, I shouldn't laugh, but it's so bananas. You don't want to type it that way. But this... Um, Wrangler was supposed to be handling the buffoons that were on set. Baboons? Uh, buffoons, baboons. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he was handling all the buffoons with the baboons. <laughs> anyway, he was handling the monkeys, and completely unrelated to the monkeys, he was attacked by a tiger immediately after doing this film. And then, two lions attacked and killed a warden in a safari park after he was in the film. I think he was just an extra, but he was still attached to the film. And then there's like a scene in the movie when uh, what's supposed to be Gregory Peck's character, but it was like obviously a stunt double. Um, the character gets attacked by Rottweilers or chased by them. Um, but the stuntman actually ends up getting attacked by the Rottweilers and then they stop listening to their trainer. And I guess they caused a whole bunch of damage and they actually bit through his suit, like one of those thick armor suit things. And so the Rottweilers just went fucking crazy. So there's a lot of injuries there. And then another weird thing. So we're off of the animal stuff now. There's one car incident. I'm surprised there's only one with all the other plane ones. But the special effects artist uh, got into a head-on collision and his wife was in the car and she was beheaded, which apparently is similar to a scene in the movie. And he claims that he saw, just before this happened, he claims that he saw a sign that said, a town called Omen, like with two M's, was 66.6 .6 kilometers away. All right, I don't know about like London area, but typically um, signs with like mileage on them don't have decimals. Yeah, that's not fractions. True. It's actually so, it is? Yeah. Not in America. Yeah, it is. I was looking at pictures to show you guys because you're probably not thinking about it, but. They put it like this. Uh, so oh, like the oh, mile markers. The oh, yeah. and okay. Then in Hawaii, you also find like it's actually on the sign. Oh, well. okay. So, yeah, it is. It is actually common. But still, that still. this one was a little like, <laughs> okay, that's a little on the nose. 
So is 666 the office in New York. Like, That's just a real building. It is. It's actually a very pretty The building. man who worked on The Exorcist worked there. <laughs> anyway. Wait, that's real? It is real, yeah. Yeah. It's just the next number in line. Well, yeah. Just... Oh, okay. Anyway, that's pretty much most of what was going on with The Omen. Um, yeah, not as many people dead as The Exorcist, but still some weird shit. All right. Next one. Poltergeist. I do want to say, like, I, I didn't want to just, like, jump into the next one. I just wanted to say something real quick. So, oh. the Owen one is actually really weird, but one thing I was thinking about is everything is around Gregory Peck, who had actually testified, uh, eventually he would go on to testify against some uh, people in the mob, apparently, in court. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, I was thinking, because, like, I was listening, or, like, listening to what you are saying and, like, reading about this. And yeah, his name comes up with pretty much everything. He, every time it's him, and it's always something that the he planes, canceled. The bombs. So, like... I'm thinking, like, bomb, 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 bomb. That sounds a lot like someone's targeting Gregory Peck and just missing every time. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, even the Rottweilers <laughs> later, that was his stuntman. So he was, he did at some point have to testify, according to a couple articles that I just looked for. So if you know more about that, maybe let us know, because it's kind of interesting. <laughs> but that might be what happened. Um, also could have been satins. Uh, anyway. Are you trying to say Satan's? <laughs> Satin? Yeah. yeah. Satan. Like the demon. Satin. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that also that very sheer silky fabric that yeah. he's named for. Right, because he's so smooth. That's... Is that not what that is? Uh. <laughs> anyway, Poltergeist is another big one. Um, I think one of the main parts that make everyone think that it's cursed is the fact that there's a rumor, I don't think it's actually been confirmed, that... Spielberg wanted to use real human skeletons. It wasn't that he wanted to. Or he, like, did. They accidentally did, is what supposedly happened. I've heard multiple things. There was someone who said that he got it because they were cheaper than plastic ones. Yeah. And there are some where he didn't know he bought them real or something. But, like, yeah. either way, they it's, used real humans. Apparently. Yeah, it's not a rumor that they used skeletons. They absolutely did. Yeah, so just kind of clarify that for anyone who's ever seen the movie. The scene that this is in is in the pool when those bones are floating up. Those are real dead people. Uh, cool. Which is totally how you don't film a movie. But I mean, it does kind of make sense. It's got to be kind of expensive, especially back then, to, like, cast an entire skeleton when you could just make a dead person. <laughs> and they didn't actually... So they didn't tell the cast that these were fake... Or that these were real skeletons, either. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, and then I didn't find anything about this. Uh, a mechanical puppet who was there to simulate strangling an actor actually did? Yes. What, did pu what puppet was that? I don't know. I, it's been so long it's since the, uh, was it's, it the clown? What I think it is is it's the clown puppet. Yeah, which, by the way, was a real toy that they modified to be an animatronic. Yeah. That, so that's one of the scariest things for people who watched Poltergeist when it came out was that that clown is a real clown. Um, I remember there's a comedian's stand-up set, and he was like, someone bought that for me when I was a kid, and I was terrified of it. Because <laughs> it's in the movie, and it's cursed. Yeah, they took a real doll. Oh, also. Dick move. Um, another shout-out to my mom. This is the only horror movie she will watch. Ah. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. She thinks this one's funny. <laughs> but it's cursed. So, and then, going back to people dying again, four actors that were attached to this movie died within six years of this being made. Um, like you mentioned earlier, Robert, the most famous one is Heather O'Rourke. Um, oh, she was that. the child actor who died like a couple years after the movie because she kept being misdiagnosed with the flu, but she had like some like messed up bowel or something that caused her to collapse. Yeah, I think she, she had like eight. some kind of rare cancer or something. Yeah. Yeah, she was in uh, three of the Poltergeist films. Yeah, I think she died like just after the third one. Yeah, it was mm. a series of heart attacks. Yeah, because uh -huh. of something that they thought was the flu. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. medical people. Yeah. Uh, and the next one was Dominique Dunn. Who did she play? I don't know. I think she plays one of the like the teenagers. But um, she was strangled by her ex and left in her driveway to die. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that story. And he only got three years in prison, even though he was sentenced for like six or more. Seems like this should be even higher. Yeah, for, like, literally murdering someone, yeah. but whatever. 
And then the other two are less like sensational sounding, if mm-hmm. that's the right word. <laughs> um, they, those were Julian Beck and Will Sampson. Um, I don't remember who Julian Beck was, but Will Sampson plays the Native American. Uh, he's like the shaman guy. Mm-hmm. And um, so Julian Beck died of, I think it was stomach cancer. And then the other guy died from a, it was like an attempted heart-lung transplant, which has a very low rate of survival. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then speaking of the, the medicine man, he was like apparently a real life medicine man. And um, he performed an authentic exorcism after shooting wrapped up. Just in case. That's nice. Just to set the stage for everybody's well being yeah peace of mind (laughs) there were actually a lot of weird things that happened on the set uh it was one of the things that steven spielberg's quoted in an interview saying that it swore him off of working on horror movies uh because it just there was a lot of weird incidents and a lot of things that kind of freaked him out that he didn't enjoy like working on it at all and for anyone who knows about this movie this is also the movie that's just like it's argued incessantly who directed it anyway whether it was tobe or if it was steven spielberg Mm -hmm. so tobe Tobe. Just call him Toby. Yeah. Tobe E, like Wally. <laughs> With two E's. Speaking of two E's, Rosemary's baby. No. Nope. Not E. <laughs> There's right. one E in that whole title. That's not true. Oh no. What? Go ahead. What? What, what, what is this gonna be? It's a movie. Rosemary's Baby is a movie. Roman doesn't know those. Uh, it was directed by Roman Polanski. I kind of remember. And it only has one E in the title. So. It does. It's a weird point to bring up after I cut everything that we just talked about. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so when this movie was uh, being made, there was a producer named William Castle. Uh, For those who don't know, Rosemary's Baby is a movie about a woman named Rosemary who has a baby. And it's a demon. (laughs) Thank you for the synopsis. (laughs) Um, Actually, I haven't seen this, but I feel like I need to see it. I don't want to. Thanks. Um, but anyway, it's it's just a movie about a woman who believes that her offspring is basically the devil. Like, that's what this whole thing is about, right? So it has to, a lot to do with a baby and with pregnancy and all that kind of stuff. Um, William Castle, the producer, he was convinced that the production was haunted. He became convinced of this from what I could tell. It's hard to, it's hard to tell, but from what I could tell, uh, a little ways through filming, so probably about halfway point of filming really freaked him out. He started to get to the point where he didn't think it should be like made or anything like that. They'd already filmed it. Roman Polanski's not going to not release it. Uh, it was released to huge acclaim. However, after the film was released, uh, Castle got kidney stones uh, and randomly, and then he began just having like a complete mental breakdown. Uh, he was hallucinating constantly. And he was having, like, vivid hallucinations, one of which is kind of creepy. It's the main character coming towards him with a knife. And it was a vivid hallucination. Yikes. Yeah. So he this So he actively believed that the movie was haunted uh, after its release. And uh, from what I can tell, tried to, like, stray away from it because of everything he was experiencing. Then we have the composer was at a party, and he fell off a cliff and went into a coma before dying. Um, that one is another weird tragedy of this movie, but then there's kind of one of the weirdest connections to it. So this is, so Castle came back and he warned Polanski again that like this whole thing is haunted, right? Cause he's been having hallucinations and all of this. Uh, Polanski didn't believe him. And then of course, a year later we get the Sharon Tate murders, the otherwise known as the Manson family murders. Yeah. Um, she, this now th- where this kind of comes into a coincidence is she was actually pregnant. Uh, she was eight months pregnant. So, uh, she, and Polanski wasn't there when this happened. That was a whole other thing. Uh, nobody really knows where he was, whether he was filming or what happened. I couldn't tell. He was somewhere else. But even weirder still, neither he nor she were supposedly the targets of this. Supposedly it was just the owner of the house that they lived in. He was the target of it. Hmm. But it was the Manson family murders, which if you know anything about is a whole set of incidents. And then of course... After this happens, there's Polanski's rest of his life. Uh, his re- the rest of his life is just filled with sex scandals and all kinds of huge issues. He was not a great person. But uh, some people equate this to the haunting of Rosemary's Baby. How the film kind of just set off all of these terrible incidents and this curse on Roman Polanski. So, 
Yeah. Seems like Roman Polanski cursed Roman Polanski. I think Roman Polanski did. I will say that the Sharon Tate one is very unfortunate and such a weird coincidence. Just in general, murder history, it's a weird coincidence. Um, but, yeah, so that is kind of the whole thing with Rosemary's Baby. And then there's the the fact that John Lennon... This, this is just a thing I found on a list of why this movie is haunted. And I just, like, I love these, like incredibly tangential ones. Apparently, uh, John Lennon was killed near one of the locations where they shot. Yeah. Ooh-wee fucking ooh. The shooting location. Yeah, he, shooting location. He was killed across the street from it, is what I read. Yes. So. Like, yeah, okay, fine. That's a stretch, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Also not a great dude. No. That's a coincidence in that one. No, it's not. Just it's it's a white man who works in the entertainment industry. It's not that much of a coincidence. What are you trying to say? That we we all suck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's talk about the possession. Which one? The the possession. The the possession. possession. You know that one. This one. I haven't seen this movie, um, but it's actually a great twist because it's actually not Christian. Ah. Yeah. It's... Why are you shaking your head? It isn't a great twist. No, it's a wonderful movie. It's, okay. it's a wonderful movie. It's based on... Um, it's it's like a, a movie based off of the Jewish religion. So it's not based... Like, we get all these possession movies that are based on Christianity Ugh. and Catholicism and whatever version of that the fucking family tree has. But um, it's not based on any of that. So it's actually a very nice, different perspective on horror. But anyway, yeah, it's all it all revolves around for people who don't know. Uh, it all revolves around something called a Dybbuk box. Cool, you've officially haunted. haunted everybody. Good job. You're not <laughs> supposed to mention it or show it. Yes, apparently this is based on the true story of a box that was bought on eBay. And there are I've put I want to say about a dozen quotation marks <laughs> around true. Uh, it was sold on eBay uh, with haunted consequences. Uh, the director didn't believe it until he had lights explode. Something that happens sometimes on film sets. Those bulbs get hot. Fun fact, if you touch them with your bare hands when they're cold, the oil from your hands can actually cause them to explode when they heat up. Yes. So, yeah. Because you're not so supposed to do that. So it is not uncommon for that to happen. Yep. That's why now you touch I them know. only with gloves. Never touch a light with your bare hands. Also, mm-hmm. don't because they're hot as hell. Yeah. Just yeah. in general. Yep. Um, so, yes. Uh, he... He didn't believe the whole thing was true until the lights started exploding, and he also felt drafts. Did he see orbs, too? <laughs> this, one, this one is one of my favorites because it's mostly pretty silly. Um, the one thing about this was that did seem a little genuinely odd was apparently a storage unit containing all the props, or a bunch of the props, burned to the ground, except for the prop they used for the dibbit, dibbit, dibbit? Dibbick. Dibbick box, which was left untouched. And it was in the same warehouse. Yep. And it was the only thing that didn't burn. Mm-hmm. And it's an exact replica of the Dibbick box. We just haunted everyone like six times. Yeah, the Dibbick box is so haunted. <laughs> it's kinda like uh it's kinda like Robert the Doll, not our host. Uh Robert the Doll, the Doll. Uh <laughs> which we did last year. But that one you're not supposed to talk about, make fun of, or do anything with really and the Dybbuk box is the same thing like we've mentioned it so many times we're definitely we're in like nine at this point when I um when I was listening to the Robert the Doll episode I was shelving at the library and like dropped books on my foot (laughs) oh no we were researching Allie spilled a drink everywhere like (laughs) almost all everywhere so yeah yep maybe it's real Also, Jeffrey Dean Morgan has an opinion. Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in The Possession, uh, and apparently that movie caused him to believe in the supernatural, which is funny because he's in the show Supernatural, which was made before, but that show didn't cause him to believe in the supernatural. (laughs) The Possession did. The more you know. (laughs) Well, I can do the next one, unless anybody really wanted to do this one. The Horror! This one is... Oh, I love this one. (laughs) All right. Um, so this one I, I've heard a little bit about before we did the, the episode here. Uh, the Amityville Horror. Um, and allegedly, James Brolin only took on the role because when he was reading the script in his hotel room, a pair of pants fell off a hanger. <laughs> and he was like, haunted! <laughs> 
I couldn't believe when I read that. <laughs> um, but then there's also a remake, and I think this is the only one I've seen where like the remake also had haunted consequences, as you put it earlier, Robert. <laughs> um, the one with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, that one is the one where an unrelated dead body, like a real person, washed up on shore on set. Yep. Whole ass dead person, just right there. <laughs> Life um, in Michigan must be rough. Yeah, I think it was Reynolds specifically who had a lot of weird shit happen to him. Yeah. Um, he claims that he was consistently woken up at three fifteen on the dot every night. Which is um, in the morning. <laughs> About three hours and fifteen minutes after the witching hour. Yeah. Pie. It also can't be considered the witching hour. <laughs> But anything can be considered the witching hour if you just think about time zones. It's always the witching hour somewhere. <laughs> That's, I want a shirt in the style of like, it's wine o'clock somewhere, but it's... It's always the witching hour somewhere. Oh uh, man, I'll make it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a lot more for that one, but those are some good Yeah, that one was highlights. just kind of silly. Yeah, dead bodies washing up on shore while you're filming. I never silly. Saw, like, like who that was or like... Again, this is... It, I know it's unrelated. Amityville is in Michigan, right? Yes. Yeah, I think so. So, it's like... It's on the Great Lakes somewhere. Dead body... Uh, Amityville... Oh, it's in New York. It is in Long Island. Oh, right! Yes! You okay, should I think know it, this! Well, no, How I dare you! You need to know Island. every single yeah. part of New York. He grew it's up a- on Short Island. <laughs> oof. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Oof. <laughs> How about the Conjuring series, you guys? The Conjuring series. So we Probably one of Cam's favorite series. Yeah, actually, I love, love, love the Conjuring series, and I'm so happy they never made The Nun, because it probably wouldn't have been very good. Um, so, anyway, Conjuring series. So, with the first Conjuring, there were a whole bunch of weird things that happened. Uh, the cast and crew kind of experienced multiple things. Um... One of which was Joey King. Claims to have had a bunch of unknown bruises. For those who don't know, uh, she plays uh, the little girl in The Conjuring. And the little girl is one of the ones that experiences the possession, the slow possession of that movie um, the most. Uh, For those who don't know about that movie, it's basically a slow possession that plays out like Jaws. But the shark is the demon. Anyway, she woke up with a bunch of unknown bruises and like all kinds of things all throughout filming. Uh, and then there's also Vera Farmiga. Uh, she had claw marks going down her legs. Uh, and they were marks that appeared as bruises. They stayed for quite a while, apparently. She also woke up, uh, what she said was the witching hours, which is about 3 to 4 a.m. Whenever you look up witching hours, you get different times. I literally just looked it up just to see, and someone was like, it's anywhere between 5 to 11 p.m. Or 5 p.m. to 11 a.m. I was like... <laughs> what? Oh, all right. So most of the day, twenty four seven. So, so the witching fortnight. It's always <laughs> witching hour somewhere. It just is. That's that's it's the way it works. Anywhere. <laughs> but this is one thing I didn't see. This did you put this the pig? Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. This was just another little thing. Again, I was really drawn to some of the dumber things that people were like, well, this is why I think it was haunted. And because there was like a stuffed toy pig that was in the prop room and that pig was in a few different positions over the course of filming. Like almost as if somebody had moved it, not somebody alive. Because that would be silly. It would be silly to bring that up. If maybe a person was just moving props around to get at other props. Um, Also, I wanted to to say, because one thing I found about Vera Formiga and the claw marks Mm -hmm. is that she saw them on her leg in the dailies, and then later they appeared on her leg in real life. Mm. And it was like, spooky. (laughs) With hand gestures. Spooky jazz hands. (laughs) Spooky jazz hands. It's just like normal jazz hands, but with claws. Some pictures showed up on the producer's iPad, even though he hadn't put them there. Which makes me think that maybe I was being haunted by that U2 album that you couldn't delete from your phone back in, like, 2008. Oh, the U2 album. Oh, like I don't you think... Too. Nobody is going to forget that, U2. We're all still mad at you. We're all still mad at you. There's I liked them up to that point. There's no such thing as bad PR, guys. Now everyone knows who they are again. No one would have Again, remembered you too. That was almost ten. Cam, tell us about the worst movie that happened in this series. This was haunted too. So, also, the nun was haunted. Uh, actually, the nun had kind of a bigger haunting than some of the other films. Kind of like a more direct one. 
Uh, and it wasn't just the quality of the film. Uh, also, Corin Hardy, who was one of the directors, I say one of because James Wan also filmed some of the scenes on that film, which is why it is just a complete conglomeration of shit. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I hate that nun. Um, anyway, uh, Corin Hardy said that one time he, when they were filming, they were filming in an old building, and he was he went into a room and he saw two two what he thought were crew members, like wholeheartedly. He talked to them like they were crew members. He, so he said something to them. Uh, they didn't respond to him. So he, from what I can tell, turned like he turned around when he was talking, and then he turned back, and they were gone. But he was so positive that they were people that they were like legitimately. He thought they were just crew members. So that's like how much of like a physical form they had in front of him. That's the most direct haunting anything that I've seen on any of these sets. Some of these are just curses or mishaps or whatever, which is kind of what we're going over. But like this one's just straight up haunting. So ghosts. But then there's also uh, Annabelle, uh, where the director, uh, who was Leonetti, John R. Leonetti, I think, uh, he saw three lines drawn on a dusty window, like finger marks. Spooky finger I marks. don't even. You know what? I'm willing to bend to a lot of these. That one. <laughs> I think he was staying in like a rented room too, which is like, come on, Leonetti. Uh, however, there was a moment where a light fixture fell on a janitor in the same hallway where the janitor was later killed in the script. So that's a little weird. That's a little direct, I think. It's a bit strange. Um, and then there's also Annabelle Comes Home, going into that movie. That one also had kind of its own weird incidences, like this one, which was supposedly on the first day of filming. The lights went out right when they were about to roll. Cast is there. They're all ready to roll their first shots, right? Lights went out, and they did not come back on, according to the cast... Until they said, Annabelle, are you there? And then the lights popped back on, which is totally just a lighting guy playing with everybody. Absolutely. It's exactly yes. what I'm, it is. I'm glad I'm we sorry. all agree on that. That's just one asshole who's like, oh, they're really going <laughs> to, this is really going to get them. Maybe. Maybe it's not. If you were on the crew, tell me that I'm wrong. Go ahead. Maybe I was wrong. But actually, when the lights came back on, one of the actors did then have a nosebleed. That part is a little bit weird. Could have been like the anxiety though of what's going on. You can kind of explain that one away maybe, yeah. uh, but that is a bit weird. There was also also a piano bench that was moving around the set at night when no one was there. So they would lock up, it would be in one place, they would come back the next day, unlock, no one else has Haunted been in there, piano and the bench. piano bench had moved. And I, got, I have to go back to the one thing that I'm always confused about with ghosts. And I've never had a ghost encounter myself. I've had some weird encounters, I guess, or whatever. I've always chalked them up to. I just don't know what happened. But skeptics. We've talked about this on the show before. Pretty much all of us are. I know we have a couple hosts that I think mildly believe in ghosts. <laughs> um, but in terms of me, I'm a skeptic. And one thing I've never understood is why do ghosts do the most mundane shit? Yes. Why are you moving a piano bench? At least play a piano. Yeah. That's so much more fun. And don't press the buttons. Pluck the fucking strings. Yeah. Like... Really throw them off. Oh, I just, I don't, like, what ghost is like, there's a piano. <laughs> this will really get <laughs> them. They're get totally going to get my message when they figure out that I've been moving this bench to spell out, I want a sandwich. Or, like, even, like, the three finger marks on the window. Like, what, was he trying to, like, become physical to write on the window? And he's like, dang it, he just, like, swipes three so the, fingers. Like, ah, yes. He's just sort of like, no, this is how many times you've pissed me off. But, like, why? Why are you strikes, gross? you're out. Why are you doing the most mundane shit? I just don't understand it. If you're a ghost, answer me, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll listen back to this, and they'll be like, because we can. I don't really know what's going <laughs> to Honestly, happen. it's really boring here. <laughs> There's nothing else to do. All right, you got to give him a second, though. Nope. Dang it. We should have done that ghost hunter style, and just, like, one of us should have been like, I'm and they'd be like, did you hear that? Oh my god, oh my god. And then we like all sprint out into the hallway, the camera's pointing at the ground. <laughs> Meanwhile, the whole Ghost Hunters cast is there, but the crew has been all over the whole building, and they're like, the three of us were right here. Yes. Where were the 12 other guys, though? <laughs> anyway, enough Ghost Hunter shit. Let's talk about the ring, too. We've got a couple like quick ones. Those were kind of like some of the medium-length like hauntings that continue to go on. Obviously, the Conjuring series is still made. I know James Wan has had a couple of weird encounters because I've heard him talk about that as well. But these are kind of a couple of the shorter ones. What we got? So uh, for the the second Ring movie, uh, which was not very good, but no. whatever. So yeah, Naomi Watts claimed to feel weird vibrations on set. 
don't know what that means. Yeah, like, I don't know, there's, like, a lot of machinery on a film set. Just, Unless she's meaning, like, you know, in the ethereal kind of vibrations. I was thinking she just, like, randomly hears the Beach Boys occasionally. I'm picking up good vibes. Nope, nope. That would scare the shit out of me on the set. <laughs> good, 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 good vibrations. Do you guys hear this, too? <laughs> um... Also, uh, during filming, the set once flooded, and that's how the ghost died. Oh, scary. We should, whatever. That's it. That's well, it for the ring, well too. Then. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just love, like, these weird little household accidents that happen, and people are like, ghosts. Yeah, I don't think the ring, too, was really, like, scary enough to get haunted. <laughs> nah. Speaking of ghosts... Pottery scene Like, ghost. don't do this in my class. Yes. Pottery scene. <laughs> it's not in bad taste to have it made up before he died. It is not an episode of the three of us unless we reference community. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, there's the movie Ghost. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, you should watch it. It's terrible. Um, anyway, uh, people think that Heather O'Rourke, who uh, was the little girl from Poltergeist, who died tragically, um, people think that she was haunting the set because apparently it was so it was the same set where O'Rourke appeared in Happy Days and they would occasionally hear children's laughter so I guess that led them to believe they say children's like I don't think she morphed into multiple people children. but how do you know I don't I guess um, also there were running feet on the catwalk which apparently she loved to run on the catwalk O'Rourke did um, but anyway yeah so that's supposedly Haunted, uh, I think more it was just haunted by Swayze's acting, but to each their own. Burn. You got him. Got him on a little <laughs> bit of a whooping. A little Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> oh, I Deep actually like that one. <laughs> Damn right. it. That was a genuine laugh. <laughs> Taking us home. Oh, um, we've all heard of this tragedy before. The Crow. And it wasn't just... The one that we all know of that happened. Um, apparently this film started uh, a little off with the filmmakers showing up on set for the first time. And they had a voicemail that just said that bad things would happen if they made this movie. Cool. There's a great start to filming anything. Um, there was an electrician that backed a cherry picker truck up and hit a high tension wire um, on the power lines. And then he was electrocuted and set on fire. <laughs> Bullshit, that's spontaneous combustion. (laughs) (laughs) And then a hurricane destroyed the entire backlot set at one point as well. And of course, we all know uh, the tragedy of Brandon Lee's death. Yep. Where he was supposed to be shot with a gun that was full of blanks, and then the blank was uh, compromised in a way. There was a little piece of metal in there, and he was shot exactly where he needed to be shot with this very tiny piece of metal, and he died. Fucking awful. Yeah. And I didn't know this, but he is Bruce Lee's son. I am not aware of these things, but... (laughs) Anyway, apparently there's a Lee family curse as well, because Bruce Lee also died mysteriously. I think it was, like, poisoning or something is what it's alleged to be, but it's pretty mysterious. Um, He died of um, edema, of a brain edema, uh, caused by a reaction to a prescription painkiller. Many, many, many people, because he was only, uh, like, 32, many people believed he was killed. So, but, um, yeah, popular Asian actor throughout, like, the 60s and 70s being killed. Not necessarily, like, surprising. There's a lot of weirdness going on at that time. But also... He, his parents also thought there was like some kind of curse with him because they actually lost the son that they were supposed to have before him. And so I guess Chinese lore says that you should call the son that you have after the one that you lose by a girl's name to trick the demons into like not, so they don't come after him too. Huh. I didn't know demons were sexist. I I don't know. I guess if you're a girl, you're safe from demons, but like I haven't, (laughs) I haven't experienced that. But All horror movies suggest the opposite. From exactly. what I understand, demons don't care about what you are at all. They hate everyone equally. Oh, a demon. A demon. <gasps> he had a brain demon. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we just cracked it. You know, I don't want to. We're, we're making too many. We've made so many jokes about other people, but Bruce Lee. It's too low. Move on. Yeah, these are a lot of tragedies. I love Bruce Lee. And the but other anyway, the, the crow was 
allegedly cursed, um, just with the Lee family name. That's all I got for that one, and I think that's all we got for all of the movies we yeah. talked about. Those are not full on like film curses. Like, there's also like we didn't talk about the uh, supposed Nolan Batman trilogy curse, which there was a lot of shit that happened on those. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, it was also one of those things where it's like a lot of people just did stuff, and there were consequences to that stuff. <laughs> Pretty much is what happened. Yeah. I mean, Morgan Freeman did some stuff. Uh, Heath Ledger, uh, yeah. Christian Bale got in a lot of trouble for being overly violent. Which is kind of um, but yeah, so there. It, there, there's other movie curses. These are kind of the more fun ones, though, and also the classics, really. Not about not fun, but most prominent. <laughs> I think they're kind of fun. I think that the the uh, the Exorcist one is fun. I lightning Nine struck a four hundred year old cross and dropped it into a plaza. That is some shit. All right. I don't care what you believe. I don't care if you don't believe in ghosts or if you do believe in ghosts. It's weird as hell. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also just kind of wanted to point out, like, a lot of these films were about, like, Satan and, like, ghosts and devils and demons and stuff. And this was also about the time that the Satanic Panic was really starting to ramp up. So were these all, like, all these things because of hauntings or were they because of hellbent Christians who didn't want these films to happen? Yeah. Exactly so see, that. We say this, though, but, like, The Exorcist, for instance, that was actually one of the theories that people had, uh, was that the church maybe was, like, pushing things to try and get people away from the film. But, like, actually, the Catholic Church was almost 100% behind the film. There were only a few holdouts. So, um, and that was the Roman Catholic Church. So, like, we're, we're talking about, like, some of, like, the highest people up in their hierarchy. So, people were pushing for that because all it did was, right, it's, it's a... It's a demon superhero film, right? It's, it casts priests as superheroes. <laughs> it's a demon superhero. That's what The Conjuring is too, right? Yeah. It's another one that like Catholics don't really go against because all it is is just a Catholic superhero film. Yeah, it's That's like, like oh yeah, no, we fight forces of evil. We're on board for that. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Warrens in real life just would show up for like five seconds and they'd be like, all right, our name's here. We're out. And they'd pay a writer to write some stuff. Uh, that's real life, actually. That's what happened with Amityville. But anyway, yeah. So those are kind of like the curses that we found the most interesting. Yeah, I uh, just one last thing about Ali's point where it's like um, like all these people who are like into satanic panic and talking about this. I feel like there are just so many like horrible things that happen on sets because it's especially in like the early days was inherently unsafe. Like you'll notice one thing that wasn't on here was the Twilight Zone movie, yeah. which had like some pretty horrible shit happen to it. Happen on it. Yeah, people were at fault. Whatever. Yeah. Um, the point being, it wasn't like a, a movie that had evil in it, and maybe there's a spirit haunting it. It's just like shitty stuff that happened. Yeah. So I think people correlated, this is a movie about the devil, and bad stuff happens. Well, the devil is bad stuff. I actually had that one on our list, and then I took it off, so I was like, this is just a bunch of tragic deaths because people don't know how to do safety properly. Yes. Because like on that set, the Twilight Zone one, they actually used like real bullets and guns at some point. They had real explosions and a real helicopter, which is what killed the people who died. Yeah. So, so basically, like, that wasn't, that didn't seem haunted to me. There was nothing fun about that one to me. But yeah. it does show up on multiple, like, cursed or haunted film set lists. And I was like, mm, no. Yeah. The, the truth <laughs> you is. You just don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah. in terms, like, we chose the ones that are cursed because there's enough coincidences, I guess, if you're going by Freakin's logic. Uh that kind of lends it to have a curse but like deaths on films are not rare that's kind of just a true thing as well too they still happen like every day i mean there was deadpool 2 is one of the most recent ones in memory i can think of where a stunt woman died driving a motorcycle through oh a right yeah so they are not something that i mean it's not something that doesn't happen mm -hmm. totally does yeah um, well, I don't think this episode really has a what do you think roundtable. I think yeah. it does. Do you think any of these were haunted? Anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, The Omen and The Exorcist stand out as the two where it's just like, a a after a certain point, one of my favorite phrases is correlation does not imply causation. Mm -hmm. Just because stuff happened next to each other doesn't mean they have anything to do with each other. Right. But there are some times where it's just like, wow, when the coincidences pile up, mm -hmm. it's at least interesting. Yeah, yeah. It that's kind of how I feel too. Because those two are like those are the two like most cursed. Yeah. I mean, I, when I was researching the Omen one, that one is consistently billed as like the most cursed film set ever. 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's an entire documentary about that one specifically. That one, I feel like there's more of like a mystery for what we would do for like a crime mystery, honestly. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like it boils down to Gregory Peck and having possibly issues with the mob is kind of what it starts to sound like, like a lot like, since it's Gregory Peck chartered a plane that blew up. Gregory Peck was going to a hotel that blew up. Gregory Peck was going to a restaurant that blew up. <laughs> Someone was after Gregory Peck. Yeah. Like, that's, so like, that's to be what fair, it sounds like. Those two at least have, like, something was happening, I feel like. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily have to be supernatural, but, you know, like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of weird shit to happen on one film set. So, mm-hmm. what do you think, Cam? I think that The Omen and The Exorcist are the weirdest. I think The Exorcist is just the weirdest one for me because, like, I find it really weird that the set burned down once and froze over another time. I think those two are very strange happenings. And on top of that, I also think that it's really weird that the cross was struck by lightning. Yeah, that was during during a screening. That's the thing that, like, if it had happened like before or after, I'd be like, okay, whatever, maybe. But like during the screening, why? Why? That's a weird coincidence. It's odd. I was googling if a took means anything spooky, but it just means grandfather in Inuit. Huh. Terrifying. So just like <laughs> I don't know, the, I've met some scary old people. With the incomparable took, you know, it was specifically like people who were cast as like a specific character. And I was like, well, maybe that character's got some weird haunting mm. stuff. They were haunted by the grandfather of death. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll say about that. Well, let us know what you think. Let us know if you've been on a haunted film set. Let us know if you are haunted. Don't send me any of your haunted items. Uh, Yeah, you can find us on social media to let us know all of those things. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of the socials. Uh, You can also find us on Goodreads. You can also find us on Ko-Fi. Ko-Fi, whatever you want to call it. K-O-F-I. Why are you doing like a... um... I just forgot what it was called. The radio station that talks in a really smooth voice. NPR. 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 You're doing like an NPR here at the end. National public ridiculousness. Can you do some vanilla ice instead? Vanilla ice ice baby. No, I meant the voice. (laughs) The voice of it. Stop. (laughs) You'll drop with the zero and get with the hero. Girl, let me wake you up with some ice. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> shove some ice in your mouth with my dirty fingers. That's a deep so cut that no one's gonna understand. No. Um, anyway, it. yeah. Anyway, let us. <laughs> if you want to um, help us keep podcasts ad free, you can donate uh, any amount that you feel like on our Kofi. Um, you can also subscribe to the newsletter. All of these cool links are in the show notes below. So please check that out and click on them and also listen to other episodes and give us five-star reviews. Okay, thanks. That's all. I'm Allie. And I'm Robert. The doll. <laughs> I am very handsome. <laughs> that's Cameron. I'm Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Uh, remember to always stay stitious uh, and... Don't make a movie about scary stuff. Don't make a movie about scary stuff, maybe. Or, you know, if you do, maybe have someone exercise it. Just throw on a nice bike, let someone just ride that for a while. We got through the entire thing. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Goodbye, good night, and good luck. Ave Mars!